The San Jose Sharks are victorious on Military Appreciation Night and the return of Joe Pavelski back to the tank in about a couple of years. We'll break down the victory. We'll break down people mowing lawns, people getting assists, and people almost getting a shutout. Right now, this is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Saturday night, December 11th, 2021. The Sharks are victorious over the Dallas Stars 2-1. to one. We're going to break it down right now. And as we welcome you to Teal Town After Dark, this is your live interactive Sharks postgame. We do this after every game. So if you want to be part of the show, chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. And of course, if you're watching us live, there's a new feature on there. It's our poll question, and on our tonight's poll question, we ask you which Sharks player deserves to go to the All-Star Game in Vegas in February. You have your choices down there, whether it's Hurdle, Meyer, Carlson, or Reimer. Uh, so check your, vo uh, check your vote, and... Uh, Let's see who you think should go rep for the Sharks at the All-Star Game in February. And speaking of Vegas, we you are in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me tonight... Oh my gosh, you are promoting your show already tomorrow, my friend. Joining me tonight, it is Hockey Jerk. What's up, bud? Long time this no is, chat. This, this, is, this isn't my show. I gotta, you know, what happened here? I <laughs> I was under the impression there that uh, this was something else. No, I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. Now, of course, we can't let you promote the entire show with your technologist tomorrow. we got to show off what you were wearing, you, that, that new Stadium Series jersey you wanted. Oh, my God. Oh, no. God. What is this? Oh, oh silicone. My, is... <laughs> oh, wow. That's uh, that's something. That's uh, something. I'll give you that. That That's that's bad, and, and I, I can't do that to you. We'll, we'll make it a little bit better for you. There you go. Just a, just a little bit, but let's get at it as the Sharks take on the Dallas Stars for the first time in forever, it seems like, since uh, COVID occurred. Uh, of course, Pavelski returns, so that's a big old whoop-to-doo to, to a few people. James Reimer gets his 400th uh, game, uh, and then, of course, Brent Burns overtakes some guy named Patrick Marlowe in consecutive games played in a Shark sweater, but, uh, you know, early on... Like Shalena Goldman, our good friend, said, it was kind of ho-hum at first. Yeah, uh, the game started, it was very Dallas. Like, they, Dallas was all over them. I think at one point, uh, the shots on goal, I want to say, were 14-5. to five. Yeah. Um, So that, that, that kind of gives you an idea of how how things were going to start the game. Um, I mean, pretty, pretty lucky, all things considered, that... Uh, Timo Meyer was able to aim for Hurdle's pants and get him on the board uh, early. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, Meyer with the accurate uh, shot that uh, hits off of Hurdle's breezers off the post and in to make it one nothing San Jose. About eight and a half in, that was pretty much all you had besides uh, Carlson, you know, tripping up 
a Stars player. That Dallas power play looked really dangerous. Pavs had a ton of chances on that first Dallas power play. Well, and 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 uh, you know, it, it it's worth saying as well. Um, I mean, Timo Meyer is just that good. You know, that's how he drew that <laughs> shot up. You know, um, he he went over to the bench and Bob said, "Okay, look, you want to hit Tommy in the pants, and it's going to go in." And it happened, so it was awesome. But no, I agree that you know the power play for the Dallas Stars. You know, they were, I mean, they were good. Like I said, the first period was definitely the best period uh, for Dallas. You know, they. Got a lot of shots early on. They were snapping it around, doing all that, um, you know, winning faceoffs. I mean, really, the only thing that didn't go wrong for them was they didn't score a goal. But yeah. other than that, you know, everything was clicking for them in the first period. Yeah. I mean, like you said, 14 to 6 in the shot total. Uh, they looked really sharp. It's just that uh, Holpe let that one in because it, it deflected off her hurdles. But, you know, and as we know, <laughs> we like the bets. Drew it and yeah. And that's how. <laughs> he likes big butts, and we cannot lie. Um, no. Uh, of course, Weatherby would take a puck over a glass penalty near the end of the period. But like you said, the first period, very dominant in Dallas, uh, despite the one nothing goal. In second period, I thought the Sharks kind of dictated the play a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, you get Gurionov with the slash, and I, I don't know, that, that seemed a little little on the light call. I mean, yeah, I guess looking at the replay again, it got maybe the uh, glove of Vern's, but it didn't look like it was too much. Um, right. And, and I, and I think too, like if you're, you know, if you're, if you're breaking it down from, okay, ac- according to how the rule book's written and how the referees want to call it, like that's, you know, they got it right according to that. Right. But ever since, you know, ever since Johnny Gaudreau threw his tantrum, and that led to every glove tap being a slashing penalty. Um, we've seen calls like this. And again, I'm, I love a Sharks power play as much as the next person. But that one was pretty soft. I don't really feel like that impeded Brent Burns all that much. <laughs> no, I, I didn't think it was much at all. Whether it got the stick, got the glove. Uh, either way, it didn't do anything for the Sharks. They didn't, they didn't capitalize on it. But it, it definitely showed that. You know, uh, they're getting the point the puck to Carlson. He's just like gripping and ripping a lot now, and and of course, you know, despite after like Nieto taking a holding call, the Sharks would get a second goal from Eric Carlson uh, to make it, make it two nothing. Uh, Dallas would challenge this. I thought at first it was offsides, which is why the the why the linesmen were looking at it. But the, it ends up being a goaltender interference challenge. And uh, what did you think of it? Did they have? Do you think they had an argument? I mean, I I think it's definitely something, uh, you know, something worth taking a look at, right? I mean, obviously, uh, when they showed the overhead cam, I mean, that was kind of the perfect, um, the perfect viewpoint of it. You know, Barabanov was obviously there, obviously there in front, as was Hurdle, um, and you know, a little bit of contact, but. I think considering, um, you know, the fact that Hurdle was tied up there by the by the Stars player, I don't, I don't see a scenario where that would have come back. But I think, you know, if you, if you're confident that you can kill the penalty, which obviously Dallas is, mm-hmm. um, I say why not challenge that? Though I'll be honest with you, I actually would, didn't even know that it was being challenged to begin with because as soon as I saw that it was Eric Carlson who scored, you know, I was getting ready to tee up AJ. 
And <laughs> so, you know, when, when I realize the play's not going on, I'm like, okay, hold on. I'm going to send the message yet because, you know, God forbid I fire it, I fire him up. Right. And then it was, it was all for nothing. Um, A premature but, firing, not allowed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, you mentioned too Carlson just ripping the puck, um, you know, quite a bit lately. And, and he had, uh, you know, he, he, he had five shots on goal tonight and, and even going prior to, you know, prior to tonight, he's been shooting the puck a lot, obviously been scoring goals aplenty, as they say. I mean, he's got, uh, his eighth goal, um, his eighth goal tonight, which if you can believe it ties his, uh, ties his career high for goals in a season while on the sharks. Um, ties it with last year and you know we're only 22 games in but it seems like every goal Carlson scores is a slap shot and it's kind of like at what point does Bob say if it's on your stick rip it and we'll figure it out you know yeah absolutely and I think more than anything uh, I think that's what he needs to do I mean we see him kind of hesitate and then like run around the boards on the power play or what have you it just seems like there was that hesitancy, and now, you know, I'm glad to see he's shooting it. I'm glad to see he's, if anything, like we saw with the with the hurdle goal that that got things going. Throw the puck on the net; anything can happen. It could deflect off a button in, for mind you, you know, just to get something on the board, or, or just make make the goaltender, you know, get uncomfortable. Well, and that's the thing. What's, you know, especially in, in that position, you know, you've got pressure in the offensive zone. You've got the cycle set up. You take a slap shot from the point like the I mean, yeah, OK, the puck could hit something and bounce all the way out to the neutral zone and maybe Dallas gets a breakaway. But that's highly unlikely, I would say. I mean, the, the most likely worst case scenario is the goalie makes a save and oh, hey, you got another offensive zone face off like mm-hmm. that's the worst case scenario best case scenario it goes in or to your point eric it hits somebody's pants somebody's helmet hits something and goes in or you know hits the goalie drops in front of him and and somebody slams at home you know it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah it's definitely a low percentage play like you're not going to score from the point all the time but you can generate a lot of offense from the point just by putting it on the net right and making that and that's why burns and not to because he's was in the building. I'm going to mention him. That's why Burns <laughs> and Pavelski worked so well because mm-hmm. Burns would just, you know, quickly wrist it, and there was something in the way, and so the Sharks kind of got away with, you know, from that for a couple of years. Now it's like, okay, we're getting traffic in front of the net. We're getting, you know, we're not necessarily like leaving the slide open so or somebody to tip it. It's trying to get to the net, maybe pick up the rebound, push it in. Or just hit somebody, so you know I I, I like it, and, and I think the Sharks need to keep doing that because it's generating more chances. It's getting the forwards involved with the shots from the points, especially mm-hmm. from Burns, but definitely Carlson. Yeah, that clapper goes goes in. Awesome, great, wonderful. But if not, then you have that loose puck, and you just keep going with it. So. Well, and and the thing with Carlson too, and and you know this one, this one's for AJ. But uh, you know the big, the big criticism of Carlson in pretty much his entire tenure as a Shark has been, yeah, okay, he gets the points, but what else is what else is he doing, right? Right. And it's like, okay, you take a look at the numbers tonight. 
five shots on goal, as we mentioned, had a hit, two blocks, and a takeaway. Mm-hmm. Like, he's making things happen in, you know, uh, other areas besides goals and assists. And, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm I not ready to say, oh, yeah, you know, pay him every penny of that contract. But, you know, <laughs> no. he, he he's definitely, like, he's leading the blue line. I mean, mm-hmm. and even if you absolutely despise Eric Carlson, like, that's an indisputable fact, you know? No, he, he's definitely leading them offensively. Burns had that long stretch where he was on the schneid, but he was definitely getting some chances. Well, uh, here's the other thing, though. During that point streak for Burns, you know who was out of the lineup? Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson. So, yeah, kind of kind of furthers that narrative that maybe there's only room for one of them. Dun, dun, I don't know. Dun. That's another conversation. That's Tune it. in tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, so I put I, I have you in another outfit change. Uh, personally, this is my favorite. Oh, that's beautiful. Dude, if that was a real shirt, I would wear that. I'm not even lying. <laughs> that is a beautiful shirt. That is, a, uh, that is I'm telling you right now, and I, I mean this totally honestly. Everybody can hear. That is my favorite Photoshop you've ever done. <laughs> Does it have something to do with carving AJ? Maybe. But... I think it's exceptional because, you know, that's kind of, you know, we every so often something really outlandish will slip out of our mouth and it it spurns a, uh, you know, uh, a, a graphic and months of in, of inside jokes. You know, I still have people, you know, people on the discord, people on Twitter, like kind of DMing or or tweeting me like, hey, you know, you fire up your lawnmower today. Like, you know, so. It's all about engagements, right? That's right. Getting those clicks. And, you know, if you subscribe, you get more of these more of these uh, awesome quips. So you definitely want to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> Appreciate the kind words, my friend. Yeah, of course. Uh, third period, uh, I, I thought the Sharks were trying to play a little bit more shutdown hockey, trying to make sure that you know, they get Reimer his shutout. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, Raffle uh, gets his third to end end the shutout bid from Fox and Hockenpah. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get to more of Hockenpah in a sec here, but uh, let's talk about Reimer making his return from what we originally thought was an illness. Turns out it was, he was kind of dealing with a little bit of a lower body injury. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't know that from watching how he played tonight. You oh. know, he was, he, was, he was a little, you know, he was a little fumbly early in the game, you know, giving up a lot of uh, a lot of rebounds, uh, and I right. think Randy mentioned that on the broadcast as well. But you know, he was really good, really good with his glove tonight. Really good at corralling those rebounds, and 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 kind of seemed like a situation where he played better as the pressure was on, right? Because it's like the goal, um, the goal by Michael Roffle. You know, it was kind of a, it was like a quick play, like it was in and it was out, right? Right. And and. Not, I mean, a goal's a goal, right? But it's kind of like, okay, it sort of just happened, and and that was really it. Versus, you know, the Dallas Stars, they kind of had the Sharks under siege, especially in the first uh, and the later stages of the third period. And you know, Reimer, he stood tall. You know, he he was he, you know, he was a brick wall in the net. You know what I mean? And I think too something that we saw, which we've not seen in the past, is it seemed like, uh, you know everybody else on the ice recognized what was going on, how well Reimer was playing them, despite the fact that the stars had them under siege and they were, 
you know, they were stepping up for Reimer. They were collapsing. They were getting in the way of shots. They were clearing the puck away if Reimer couldn't get to it. It was, you know, it was very good uh, defensive effort tonight, as it's been all season, I would say. Yeah, and you definitely can fend, feel the fend off the whole team chemistry feel that we've been kind of been hearing from the team the entire year, how they're like playing for each other and everything. Uh, you could definitely see see them playing for each other uh, and definitely trying to uh, work together as a team. I mean, taking shots like we saw Mario Ferraro blocking shots without even attempting to block shots. He got one like <laughs> right underneath the elbow. Yeah. Um, you know, doing what it takes, making a hit. You saw Kevin LeBanc take a big hit from Hockenpah in the first period. He didn't mm-hmm. return to the game. Uh, we haven't heard anything from from Boogie yet about that. But you, you see what these guys are trying to do, and you see like whether or not you have, like, you know, Gadjevich, who played only 744, or Weatherby trying to, you know, be those guys that, that you know, just be the shutdown line. Now, granted, with LeBanc out, it kind of throw, threw everything off a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, but there are rules here. You know, we talked about, like, Benino and, and Cogliano, who played his first game against Dallas tonight. You know, have those rules and do extra things. Right. And I think I still believe that in in an ideal scenario, right, in a in a Stanley Cup scenario, if you will, um, I still think Cogliano and Nieto belong on the fourth line, not the third line. But at the same time, if the Sharks are are getting wins um, with the way they're deploying things and more wins than losses, I might add, which they currently are, if you can believe it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I, there's obviously things you wish that you wish could be a certain way. I mean, I would, after it's all said and done, I would love to see a LeBanc Benino Balser's third line, Yeah, but not really, you know, it's not really what is going to work for the team right now. The, what, what they've been doing is what's working, even though I, personally don't think LeBanc should be on the fourth line but as I said the Sharks are winning more than they're losing so you kind of just have to basically just ride it out until it stops working so on LeBanc because I'm kind of with you on this a little bit where why are you having this four plus million dollar guy who's supposed to be you know the scoring one of your scoring wingers uh be on the fourth line. I mean, yes, we've seen Gadjevich has um, some some offensive touch in the AHL. Hasn't shown in the NHL just yet. And maybe he isn't even... That role isn't even for him. Mm-hmm. But to have that along with Weatherby... I mean, no disrespect to the guys, but, you know, I, I'm with you. He should be moved up a little bit just to give it a chance. Or worst case scenario, try to showcase him. Right. I mean, that it, it, that's the thing that's kind of bothered me really from the beginning. And we, we've talked about it on the Pucknologists probably too much. Um, but, <laughs> you know, you have a player like Kevin LeBanc. I mean, his, you know, the way he turns your crank is with his talent in the offensive zone. He has a really good shot that I think he doesn't use as much as he should. He passes very well and he's being put into a position where he 
can't show off those talents. I mean, he, he's been on the third or fourth line, which generally get penalty killing assignments, generally start in the defensive zone. And the line mates, the, the players he's played with, good players. Yeah. Just not the right players for what LeBanc needs. And so I think, you know, I think you can make the argument that truly elite players can make anything happen no matter who they're with. But for somebody like LeBanc, I don't think it's such a big deal that you have to play him uh, with other good players. I mean, if everybody's clicking, what does it matter, right? Right. I mean, so I it's it's perplexing to me. But as I said, you know, if the Sharks are going to keep winning more than they losing, I I just think you unfortunately, you know, ride it out until it doesn't work. And it, it kind of goes into the form of like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix. Mm-hmm. Not to get all cliche like that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, like keep doing what's what's been what's been making you successful. And it's, you know, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, speaking of successful, uh, there's, you know, there's been a lot of talk. Oh, LeBanc, you know, LeBanc's not where we want him to be. Balsers isn't where we want him to be. And all these things, right? The Sharks are getting contribution. They're getting contributions from the top six, you know, I mean, and, and we've seen this story before, right? Where the bottom mm-hmm. six the bottom six maybe could stand to do a little more while the top six has been dynamite, but the top six, I mean, we've been questioning the top six for two years now. I mean, and you know, how many times have we said, well, yeah, it's Couture and hurdle and then Timo Meyer. And it's like, where do you go from there? Right. And you know, Barabanov is on pace for 50 points this year, which is unreal to me. Noah Gregor's looked good. there using his speed, using his shot. Um, and he's playing physical as well. I, you know, I in, when you're talking about, you know, keep doing keep doing whatever it is you're doing, as they say, like, <laughs> I think the top six has been very good, you know, and I would I'd love to see the Sharks build on that if they do um, end up finding themselves in a position where maybe they could sniff playoffs. Yeah, I mean, in playoffs, you know, it's not out of far fetch. I mean, this is I don't know to me, this is kind of where the Sharks were going to be in, in my mind, just be on that cusp and like with the victory tonight they're at 31 points uh winnipeg does have a game in hand so they hold down that last playoff spot but Mm -hmm. being in that spot where you know they're they're right in the thick of it i mean you're you're five points behind calgary for first in the division but granted you know la and dallas are at 28 vegas right behind you at 30 i mean Nine spots separate, you know, by eight points in the division, or or just in general a playoff spot. Well, and it show it shows how important these upcoming division games are. You know, like the the way the way I've kind of been looking at it is like, you know, you've really got a good opportunity here um, to number one, make up some ground. I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, the Sharks are fourth in the Pacific Division, but also make up some ground as well as uh, pull yourself up higher in the standings, right? I mean, the next five games are against divisional opponents, Seattle, Vancouver, Vancouver, and Edmonton and Anaheim. You know, those, I mean, I will the Sharks roll through and go 5-0? and oh? I mean, that would be epic, but... Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know that they will, but you know, I still think you in then kind of like what I was saying before, you need to win more than you lose. And Seattle's not a very good team. Vancouver's not a very good team. I'm pretty high on Anaheim, but you know, the high's got to wear off at some point. Right. The Sharks have a real and you know, the Sharks have a really good opportunity to to kind of storm up a little bit. You know, I mean, if Calgary and Edmonton, they're good, but to me, Anaheim is punching up and when they inevitably fall down, that third spot is up for grabs, whether it's Vegas, whether it's San Jose, whether LA kicks it into another gear. I don't know, but there's an opportunity. And, and there's definitely a chance for them to gain ground. Plus now you're getting into your division where you're going to have these big four point games, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you have Seattle coming up, you have Vancouver coming up, and they're down on the standings. But you're definitely going to see that Anaheim squad. You're definitely going to see, uh, you know, an Arizona squad that's, you know, yes, they're in the Central now, but they're down and out. You need to kick their butt. No, no matter how many times Phil Kessel kicks you in the butt the, this past season. Crap, you know. <laughs> uh, well, go ahead. I mean, well, I was just going to say, you know, to your point, right? Like. Talking, talking about, uh, talking about the Arizona Coyotes, they've lost eighty-two percent of their games this year. Oh God! Like you have to, you have to take care of business. Don't, don't tell me that that the whole thing with their arena is distracting them. Right, and you know the Flyers are in the playoff hunt in the Eastern Conference, but they're a, not a very good team this year. Right, and. You know, and 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 even if you want to say, oh well, yeah, the division's great, but you know, the sharks the sharks may end up in the wild card spot. Well, okay, that's fine. They've beat the Jets twice. They just beat Dallas tonight. Like, you know, they've beat I, Calgary twice too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I I think ultimately, we, you and I would both love for them to be, um, in a better position, but. All things considered, especially what people were saying about where this team was going and what they were going to do, kind of hard to be upset right now. Right. I mean, 15, 12, and 1, I mean, we expected them to kind of hover over 500. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you want to, I mean, take it as you will. Three games over NHL 500, two games over, you know, overall 500. I mean, it's pretty, pretty solid. Right. So, uh, overall, a, a nice, solid victory from the Sharks. 2-1 the final. Defensively, they've been playing great, uh, getting back to what they were doing at the beginning of that road trip and everything. So, uh, yeah, all around great great to see. I mean, 34 saves from Reimer, too. Nice nice for them well, to get it out. And that's, and, and that's the other thing, too. We're talking about All-Stars here, and I'm sure we'll get into that, um, you know, down the road here a little yep. bit. But... You know, you on your poll that you mentioned, which is in the YouTube chat, if you've not yet voted, please do. Yep. Um, among starting goalies in the NHL, James Reimer, fifth in goals against average, first in save percentage. He's, I've heard that's good. I heard that could be pretty, pretty good. That's that's what people are saying. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. Uh, for you, where would you put? Who would you pick? Meyer, Hurdle, Reimer, Carlson. I mean, okay, so I did vote in the poll. I chose Timo Meyer just because, I mean, the points are hard to argue with, right? And I feel like, I, I, I feel like ultimately there might be some goaltenders within the Pacific Division that do end up 
edging out James Reimer. I mean, uh, John Gibson comes to mind, even though he has, you know, he's kind of been up and down a little bit, but I still think he could ultimately get a call. Um, Cam Talbot or Cam Talbot. Wow. Okay. That was a total. (laughs) (laughs) When did Um, Minnesota come back into the Sharks division? Right. No, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Miko Koskinen has been very good for Edmonton. Um, you know, in the absence of Mike Smith, obviously Jacob Markstrom. I mean, Jacob Markstrom, I think, I think you could almost book it that he's there now. So I, I, I think you could make a very good argument that Reimer belongs there, but ultimately I don't think he would end up there just because of the other guys around him. But I mean, Timo Meyer's a safe bet hurdle the way he's been playing lately. He's a safe pet. I think he's on pace for like 38 goals now, which is again, that would be awesome. So absolutely. We'll see. It's a lot to chew on, you know, and February is a long ways away. So, yeah, and just we brought this on because, you know, the whole NHL voting uh, starts today, which is I think is just asinine that we're only going to vote for one player now uh, just because ooh, we don't want John Scott to happen again. Yeah. Well, that turned out to be the best PR story you had, you idiots. <laughs> so uh, speaking of people that are aren't idiots uh kevin lacy has joined us here i know awkward segue just forgive me i I don't do this as good as ian does with you two how are you kevin speaking of not idiots okay (laughs) (laughs) where am i going with uh, this (laughs) these kind of intros are why i haven't been on after dark in eight months no i'm kidding i'm kidding i love you glad to be here thanks i'm I'm hoping that my connection is okay because it seems I seem to be AOLing over here, and this is not Puck Guy's fault this time. Whew. So, um, but happy to happy to be on joining you. I just came back from the Sharks game that you guys have been talking about. A uh, a fun win, not a pretty win, but hey, a win's a win, right? And a roll's a roll. Hey, as a sign I saw in '94 during the playoffs, we love ugly hockey. That's right. And That's hopefully right. like ugly intros to that, too. Um, <laughs> so I'll, quickly, I'll get your thoughts, Kev, on on this one. Besides it being, you know, not a pretty uh, victory. But uh, w- what would you say from this one at the tank tonight? I I, I heard you guys mentioning earlier, uh, you know, Benino and and uh balsers not necessarily being in the roles that you would like them to be on right now and and, and talking about LeBanc. But uh I do think that Benino, Cogliano, and Nieto, which I'm gonna call the O line, despite the fact that they bring no O whatsoever and all <laughs> D. Um the O line was actually quite effective in the O zone tonight, much to my my surprise. I actually thought they were the most consistently efficient line against Dallas and and in this game that was definitely more on the defensive side uh I I, I thought they were really good on the four check and and pressuring at, at both ends and and doing their jobs well I mean they were the the line that was entrusted at the end of the game to stop Dallas's push with the extra skater as you would expect them to be but I mean like it wasn't just a, a role thing. I honestly think that they deserved to be out there in those those last that last 90 seconds or whatever it was. So um, real good showing by that line. Uh, we'll see how long they stay together. I thought Eric Carlson looked really good. I should also mention defensively, and I guess. Oh, and there he goes. Opportunities. Hey. What's up? Oh, now you're back. We got you. You, you had a hiccup. Okay. 
you're back. All I wanted to say was that uh, defensively, you know, I thought the Sharks stuck to the game plan very well because Dallas was repeatedly trying that kind of that backdoor pass, like slip the pass through. And then at the last second, there'd be Ben or Sagan or whoever parked at the side of the net trying to just stuff it home. And the Sharks repeatedly broke that play up time and time again. And Dallas never was able to to score or even connect on that play. So um, big, big defensive effort there. Carlson was a, was one of the players who blocked a couple of those plays up and then got the the big goal that ended up being the game winner, a freaking bomb from the point. My goodness. So, yeah, that yeah. was that was a beauty. Uh, Kevin, you're wearing a red Sharks jersey. You're getting some requests to uh, show it off a little bit here. Uh, fanatical teal bleeder, the red sharks jersey. You got to show us. This would be the hockey is for everyone. Ah, jersey. very nice. And it is. It is my Ryan Carpenter jersey that I typically wear in December because of the uh, the festive season. So, um, yeah. Very nice. Getting some love over that. I, I just as much love oh. as as hockey jerks. Uh, Eric Carlson t-shirt, of course. <laughs> yeah, I was going to. I actually was going to bring up. I really like the the attire that <laughs> hockey jerk has on. This oh, he, thank you. <laughs> he he's had everything on. He's even had the stadium series uh, jersey on. If if they were going to play in in this year's stadium series, it just said Silicon Valley in in digital code. Uh, as a huge nod to the big digital code uh, that that transpires here in uh, Silicon Valley, of course. So, um, but the reason why we have Kevin on, it, it, I mean, it's his go-to. <laughs> it's to uh, it's to talk about the bad part of the of the day. <laughs> oh, Whenever you need negativity, bring Kevin on, oh, and he'll. <laughs> That's not what we're trying to do, but we will talk about the Barracuda. Hey. Barracuda. And I'll start it off with this. So, Kevin, what position do you play in roller hockey? Defense. Um, can you make a tryout for the team? Uh, I I suppose I I could. Um, considering that at this point. Everybody who's on the Barracuda Blue Line are tryout players. And then there's Jacob Megna and Ryan Merkley, if you want to call him a defenseman. Um, so there's that. Um, yeah, the Barracuda are in a tough bind right now. Obviously, they are giving up a lot of goals. And I, by a lot of goals, I mean Santa's bag worth of goals. And... You don't usually win games when you give up 10 goals a night, five goals a night, eight goals a night. And with this team, not it, it's weird. It, the Barracuda are this weird team where we joke about how they've got 30 players on their roster and where are they going to fit everyone? And yet year after year after year, we find that this team has no depth. I, it, it, it's unfathomable to me how that's possible. But yet here we are. You've got Cole Moberg up from the ECHL. You've got Patrick Hallway up from uh, wherever the heck he's up from, from the ECHL. Uh, you've got Matt Foley from down by the river who's up right now. 
there's another problem. Uh, there's so many. They've gone through so many tryout players just trying to plug in for injuries to Mark Alt, Brinson Pashnuk. Now Artemi Kenyatsev is injured as well. Malash is called up. And so you're you're really relying on one D pair and Nick Chichek to try and patchwork a defense together. And it's just not working right now. The Barracuda don't have the offensive talent to be able to hold the puck for too long. And so it really puts this extra stress on the defense work, the, the defense core that really can't handle a lot of defensive work. So it comes down to Sanchenko and Melnichuk, who just, they've been fine. They haven't been great. And right now, the only way the Bears. Uh-oh. That, that, the, that, the the uh, the Barracuda they came after Kevin because of all everything he was saying. <laughs> there you go, we got you back, bud. Go on. Yeah, no, I was just saying that Sachenko and Milnichuk need to steal some wins. That's the only way the Barracuda are going to win right now with the way mm-hmm. they've been playing. They can't hold the puck offensively. They can't defend the the, the amount of defending they've had to do is way too much for the core that they deploy. So it comes up to the goaltending and it just hasn't been good enough to steal any games. That's for darn sure. I mean, as I have in the graphic, they've allowed 24 goals in the month of December. They're one and three on that. They're at the bottom of the division. I think our, our bud Ian said it nicely. It, it sure is going to be wonderful to develop with, with this, uh, with the way that they've been playing these last few games. Yeah. Yeah. And and you don't want to hear a horrifying stat, guys? We, the we Barracuda, love horrifying stats. The <laughs> yes. Barracuda gave up a power play goal in their sixth straight game. Oh. And yet, the Barracuda penalty kill improved to <laughs> 66.2% after today's game. <laughs> Oh no! They imp. They started at sixty-five point six. They were a full exact ten percentage points behind the thirtieth-ranked Ontario Reign going into the day. The Barracuda improved by six tenths, and Ontario dropped by three tenths. So, hooray! Now the Barracuda are only nine percent behind the thirtieth-ranked penalty kill unit. <laughs> We're That's 31. Not very good. We're 31. You don't need We're you don't 31. need jersey math to understand how bad that is, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we're uh we're a long way from 2017, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> like the one year that the the Sharks minor league team actually did something. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah, that's it's a tough one to take and, and you feel for for the guys that are that are down in the minors that are trying to get their uh, their uh, call-ups for it. Um, I, I guess, to use AJ's phrase, got to talk about the elephant in the room with Evander Kane. What did you see from from his AHL debut tonight? Evander Kane was what you kind of expect him to be. He showed some skill you know you 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 could see that the wheels were trying to turn but this is a player who hasn't 
played any hockey in 230 days and I don't think has touched a rink up until last week in almost as long of that time frame. So he was he had a couple shots in the first period, um, but I didn't really notice him until the third period. He had a nice rush up the up the ice. He wasn't that fast. It was it was a pretty slow rush. And, you know, the AHL, while it's definitely faster than I think a lot of people give credit for, still not NHL speed. And Kane didn't have AHL speed today. So that's, you know, that's going to come. Um, but I do think that he started to get himself involved in in the play more there in the third period. And I read something about, well, he needs some time to get acclimated to his line mates and stuff. And while that's true, the minus one that just went across the board right now on at the top of your screen uh, was nothing to do with the Vander Kane. And that that simply was Joachim Blickfeld making a worse than beer league pass to Kane that was nowhere near him and resulted in Vancouver going the other. Uh, <laughs> Vancouver. Did somebody say Vancouver? Uh, Abbotsford. <laughs> hey, uh, stop stealing my ideas. <laughs> Abbotsford going the other way and, and scoring a goal. So like Kane's minus one is definitely not on him in that case. Um, but I think, you know, overall, he, he was there. You could see he's trying to get things going. He did take a, a high stick from Will Lockwood right at the end of the game. So um, I think uh, he, you know, was OK, but probably not pleased that he lost a couple of teeth. I think some people would be pleased that Evander Kane lost a couple of teeth, though, but and then wondering who's going to front the uh, dentistry bill for that. But oh. I digress. So the uh, coup to lose to the Abbotsford, don't call them Vancouver Canucks, 5-1. to one. They'll play again on Sunday at 3 p.m. at the Shark Tank. Good seat's still available for that one. What? Uh, <laughs> I know I'm sounding really cynical, but I do actually uh, enjoy watching this team, I swear. <laughs> sure. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, overall, guys... Uh, Let's let's conclude with a poll question here, uh, as we uh, as I wrap this one up on here. Wait, I can do that here, can I? Yep. So forty five percent of our viewers are saying Timo Meyer is the one that should go to the All Star game. Hurdle at twenty five, Reimer fourteen, Carlson sixteen. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of with. I, I kind of want Reimer to go. But at the same time, I'm also one that wants to ride in Barclay Goodrow to go from the Metro division. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I think Reimer would be a fun story. Don't get me wrong, like I said before. I mean, he's he's playing very well. I mean, he's putting up Vesna Trophy numbers, right? Right. But, I mean, at the same time, if, you, if you're going to tell me, like, yeah, Timo Meyer's going to the All-Star game in Vegas. He's going to wheel around down there, pick up maybe a hat trick. I'm I'm down, you know. Kev. Uh, for me, it's Tomash Hurdle. I think he's been the. I know lately he hasn't been putting up too many points, though he did get the goal tonight, and uh, I think he scored in the last game as well. But I think just overall, Tomash Hurdle has been the player to really pick the team on his back uh, and carry them time and time again. Timo Meyer has really taken steps to get back to where I think we th all thought he 
should be uh, these last two years. Um, but uh, for me, it's hurdle. Reimer would be an awesome story. But I mean, when we're already worrying about James Reimer's workload, granted, an all-star game, really, there's no such thing as a workload in that case. But still, <laughs> if, you know, I, I, I'm fine with just letting him hang out with his family for a couple extra days and just relax in the Bay Area and not worry about travel and all that. So, um, Tomas Hurdle is my pick. And that's the thing. Like, we, I don't know if you were on earlier, but we kind of talked about it. Like, everybody that was up in that poll is not a bad choice. Right? No, really like, not. Carlson and that's, either. And that's kind of the unfortunate thing about the way the NHL chooses the All Star. Uh, rosters is there's always going to be players who should be there, like by definition should be there that just won't be there. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I completely all four are worthy of it, but the sharks will be lucky to get one uh, because you know, it's going to be filled with golden Knights and, and no disrespect to them, but right now they're behind in the standings with them. I mean, do you go Mark Stone? Do you, I mean, no. Do you go Max Pacioretty? He's been hurt. Do you go... Uh, he's He's been really good since he's come back, though. I will oh, say that. Absolutely. He's been wonderful for my fantasy team, which I appreciate immensely. So <laughs> so with Reimer and Hurdle and Carlson. But I digress. But... Uh, but yeah, it's going to be littered with Golden Knights. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get at least four guys going in there. But it's always fun to see them, and, and it's going to be great to have them be booed by all the Knights fans in attendance. But it should be a fun weekend. Are, are, now, Jerk, I know you're broadcasting tonight from the Bellagio, but uh, are you are you planning on... Um, attending any of the festivities if they have any festivities uh for all-star weekend yeah um i i mean it would be awesome too right uh obviously the price is going to determine a lot of that i mean you know uh, these kinds of things are expensive as it is and then you factor in the uh the vegas strip surcharge if you will and you know we'll kind of see but if they do like some kind of free fan fest kind of a deal yeah you know i might wheel through there see what they got cooking um but it'd be cool it'd be cool to check out but you know as if i'll you know will i be in the actual building hard to say i'm leaning towards probably not but never say never if eric carlson is the sharks nominee you have to wear that shirt around and, and try it. <laughs> this is my guy this is my guy be like nice pads hey look at my nice lawnmower you f and b oh i was gonna say all of a sudden uh all-star lawnmowers are the uh the trending <laughs> sale there number one on uh, nhl shop that's funny and it's funny because if i did that nobody would understand it <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh some comments in the chat you know julio vindel i don't think the sharks are battling playoff spot without reimer uh, com- completely, I mean, he's kept them in it for a number of games for sure, and he's been fantastic. Uh, here's, year. here's the thing I think about James Reimer, though, guys, that uh, people don't, I mean, James Reimer's my guy. Like, I love James Reimer, and I know I'm not the only one on this panel or a part of Teal Town USA who feels that way. 
but his rebound control is not good. That is his one glaring flaw. So I do have to give a lot of credit to the defensive core that, that we don't always give credit to because they do clean up a lot of messes, uh, messes in the slot, in the crease, and it's not pretty. A lot of it is very frantic, but uh, nights like tonight prove that the Sharks are capable of helping Reimer out just as he helps them out. So, Big time. Now, now one thing kind of going back to the CUDA, is it too much for the CUDA to play the Canadian anthem? Like, Dude, really, okay. People? Keep it brief, um, <laughs> I am So for those of you who are unaware, Abbotsford, obviously based in British Columbia, um, the only Canadian team in this division, and it's the first time that Abbotsford has visited uh, San Jose. So no idea why the, the Canadian anthem did not play. I imagine it was just a complete brain fart um it shouldn't happen um and as soon as i as soon as that happened when i immediately got on my phone and uh i guarantee that won't happen tomorrow it better not it better not i because i i mean i i immediately got on the phone and got in touch with my contact and i was like that's not good. And immediately got a force for face palm reaction from that person. So, well, and um, that's what I was curious about. Like, was it, was it just that they forgot or like, was, was there some gamesmanship involved? I, I truthfully think they didn't even think about it. They, and the person that I contacted has nothing to do with presentation, anything like that. But I was like, this is not good. This is not going over well. And, some people, no, people on Twitter noticed that right away. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I, I cannot imagine that's going to happen again tomorrow. <laughs> no, 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 no. They, they probably went. I mean, oh. you'd hope. Yeah, I mean, they probably thought Vancouver's affiliate was still in the U.S. I mean, it just moved from Utica, New York, to Abbotsford, B.C. You know, it, it could be something like, oh, the. There's still it's still you know you what what's this Abbotsford you know thing, which come on you need to know better so they better they better play it tomorrow or else you know right heads will roll and, and considering I'm I'm going to interview a gentleman from Vancouver uh, this coming week yeah guys let's let's not make any more mistakes because those get magnified up up there big time. And and here's the thing with the the Barracuda is that every everything's down right now. Like there's nothing positive. There is no positive spin on this team right now at all. Other than. Yes, they are in last place. They stink at a lot of statistical categories, but they still only have two or three wins fewer than most of the rest of the division. They still only have two or three losses more than the rest of the division. So it's not like they're out of it already. Like we're writing this team off six weeks into the season, into the AHL season. Um, but they, the Barracuda do need to figure some things out. Um, and we, we can save this for another day because it'd be a, a pretty long show otherwise. But I know I have fielded a lot of questions from people saying like, is it time for a, 
a culture change, not, and I'm not talking player personnel. I'm talking management issue with, with this organization. And, you know, there are things that could be said, uh, <laughs> we'll save it for another show. But, um, right now I will. And there he goes. And, figure... and yeah, part of that personnel removal is Kevin Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, the, the timing of that is hilarious oh my gosh uh john john five dollar super chat donation can we get that uh custom jersey to buy a jerk uh we'll, we'll we'll maybe work on that dude for sure. we we need to have a conference call about this because john john is pumping it up fanatical tin teal bleeders talking about it one other person talks about it as well that might need to be the next t-shirt not the full design like that i'm i think a solid black or teal or gray t-shirt with like the square, square image on it. Yes. I think, I mean, that I, I personally, that would be, think that would be epic. I would wear the hell out of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I know you mentioned it in a chat, but for, uh, for audio reasons, is there any update on Kinesiov? I, I thought you heard he was kind of off crutches this week. Yeah. Just, I mean, the thing is we've heard nothing. So, and that tells me that he's just still rehabbing. Um, you know, obviously he had the surgery and I believe he was given an eight week timeline. Um, so kind of just in a wait and see situation. Yeah. So and we will wait and see when he uh, gets ready to go for sure. So uh, in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, smash that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. That'll notify you when we go on the air uh, after every game, uh, as well as Pucknologists uh, getting ready on Sunday night, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific. So check out that. Of course, also audio-wise, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, and of course, always available at tealtownusa.com. So... Kevin, you were on the verge of saying something as I went to that graphic, so I'll let you be the first to, for your final thoughts. Uh, I just wanted to slip in because you're asking about uh, Kanijov. I don't really have an update on Santari Hataka either. Uh, he was down with the Barracuda on a conditioning assignment and disappeared. So I would say that's never good when your player on conditioning assignment can't play games to condition himself so that says to me there's some kind of injury going on um he's missed two in a row not good um that's not good he people just keep taking kevin out they're tired of him talking. Uh, <laughs> right uh mow it for ek as john john says in the super chat john john thank shout you. out to john john right <laughs> Absolutely. So the, the the face that it froze on on me there it was hilarious. Oh, they a couple of them have been great. So that's terrific. And for once, it's not my fault, which is you know no, it no really offense, isn't. Kevin. I, something's going on with my internet right now. I don't know. Gotcha. Well, appreciate the smiles and everything, guys. Oh, yes. My final thought, real quick. Happy trails to Ben Bishop. We got to give a little bit of love to Ben Bishop because uh, real real upsetting that he's unable to continue his career. He gave up eight goals on 34 shots the other night in a rehab start for Texas and said, 
that's it. Uh, I'm done. My knee can't take this. So um, real considering that it was three years ago, we had a 930 save percentage. Um, that's that's a shame that that uh, he's uh, has to go out this way. But um, Dallas still has three goalies, and um, you know we we beat one of them tonight. <laughs> that's my final thought. I'm Kevin Lacey. He's at Kevin Lacey 22 on the Twitter machine. I'm at Puckguy14 on the Twitter, the Instagram. Jerk, your final thoughts. Final thoughts. If a Eric Carlson lawnmower t-shirt from TealTownUSA.com is something you're interested in, send me a tweet at Hockey underscore Jerk on Twitter. Just tweet me. Just tweet me. Anything. Anything. Just send a tweet. And depending on the number of commitments that come through, um, the powers that be may need to have a conversation about it. Um, I had one other thing, but I don't remember, which means it was not important. Back Does to you. Does that okay. shirt come in turtleneck size? <laughs> we can, we can hey, make. that's the beautiful thing of um, designing the shirt and deciding to make it up is we can do whatever we want. Yeah, Absolutely. Of course, you'd ask for a turtleneck, of course. Uh, guys, I appreciate it. I know it was kind of a last minute, so I thank you, both of you for uh, joining on. You guys are absolute boots, uh, no matter what. Uh, as we head out, uh, one more Super Chat donation earlier from Skyler. Uh, today's win is for Steve Cropper. Rest in peace. Um for those who don't know, uh, Steve was one of one of our long-standing supporters of the show. We may not have agreed on everything each other said, but you know, as Jerk says, you know, we can disagree but still be friends. Uh, and Steve was one of them. I mean, he had a uh, a a puck collection that that you know kind of kind of makes my uh, kind of makes my. Uh, collection look like nothing uh and unfortunately uh steve passed away uh we heard in his sleep uh, this morning uh good guy great uh great hockey fan uh if you ever saw the uh the the big teeth chomping up and down at the sharks game that was usually uh steve's uh thing so uh steve uh as a you know, an on an honestly on a military appreciation night as an as an army vet, uh, we salute you. We thank you for what you did in your service, and uh, we um, we're thinking about you. We're thinking about your family and such. Uh, may you rest in peace, my friend. And that'll do it for us. We will talk to you tomorrow night following Pucknologists at seven p.m. Uh, Steve, we love you. Rest in peace, my friend.